0: going on guys. Welcome to another post game live here on Dime Dropper for the 2023-24 season. Before we get started, you already know the drill. Make sure you subscribe to the channel on YouTube and hit the notification bell so you know every single time I go live or post a video and follow your boy on social media, Twitter, Instagram and TikTok at Dime Dropper Pod. And of course, you can also subscribe if you're a Clipper fan or just want to support me to the Locked On Clippers YouTube channel. That's of my podcast that I do for the Locked On Network. Live from Los Angeles, as always, I was not able to attend the game tonight. Wanted to do a practice with one of the teams that I coach. And, you know, I'm always <laughs> I'm willing to sacrifice certain things. And when it comes to uh my teams, I will always try to, you know, do the business with them. But clippers. Didn't get to go to the game, and to be honest, I lucked out because I would have been pissed going to this one. This was the first game this season I didn't go to that we lost. We were 7-0 and at home this season when I didn't go. So there you go. It's not me. 7-1, and one, but in all seriousness, we got a lot to talk about, Clipper Nation and Dime Dropper fam. We got a lot to talk about because I haven't felt like this after any game this season, and I really feel like we were helpless, helpless against these guys. So if you're a Minnesota Timberwolves fan, coming to this channel, you've never watched my, my videos, I don't talk about you guys that much. I talk about every team in the playoffs, though. I watch every game and do a breakdown on it. But in the regular season, this is the LA Sports Channel with the NBA, big, broader NBA episodes very occasionally throughout the season. One of them's coming up, though, midway point. But Minnesota, they gained my respect like crazy tonight. I am not confident against these guys in the playoff series. I'm serious. I know we have playoff Kawhi. This is, you know, uh, the C- Cat, Gobert, Edwards, Trio didn't really have a season last year. Yeah, they had a series, but they didn't really have a season last year, you know, with 29 games being played by Carl Anthony Towns in the regular season. The way that they're moving out there, the way that they're playing on both ends of the floor, the, you know, as a team, it you can see very quickly through two quarters, and I was watching this game with my dad and we could see very quickly why these guys are so good. I'm going to go through the sequence of the game and how my thoughts were going or evolving as the game was going on. And then we'll get very X's and O's specific because there's a lot of things I want to say in this game. And I'm not even looking at the comment section right now. I see that you guys are commenting, but I'm not looking at it right now because I really want to keep my train of thought for this one. Because they made a statement. 121 to 100. The Timberwolves won at the Staples Center. Notice... I am not that angry because I legitimately don't feel like this was a lack of effort. I think we got outplayed by a team that either might just be better than us, and I can't believe I'm saying that, or a team that just has a really good matchup with us. Does that mean they're guaranteed to beat us in the playoffs? No. Don't get it twisted and make me say that or try to make make it seem like I'm saying that just because they are a good matchup against us in the regular season, that means they guarantee to beat us in the playoffs. I have seen some crazy shit in my years as a basketball fan, including when we swept the Memphis Grizzlies in the regular season and then we got beaten by them in the playoffs in 2013. That was a disaster because the game slowed down and they really took advantage of a flaw in our roster, which was that we lacked toughness in terms of guarding Zebo and Mark down low. You know, DeAndre and Blake. Including the fact that Blake got injured in Game 5. They were a little bit soft. Zebo and Mark, they were tough. Especially Zebo. And he was try to mess with Blake. They were trying to hurt him. Reggie Evans and Kenyon Martin really won us that series in 2012. And we lost them and replaced them with Ron- Ronnie Turioff and Ryan Hollins. And that was not good. So, lesson learned. Also another one. Toronto swept the Wizards in the regular season. And then John Wall sunned them in the playoffs. Swept them. So, don't think I'm saying guarantee. But, moral of the story though... I'm not trying to see them in the playoffs the way it looks, although we might have to. But there's real problems with this matchup, in my opinion. Major, major problems. (laughs) So let's start talking about how it went. Conley was guarding James Harden. Jaden McDaniels was guarding Kawhi. Ants was guarding Paul George. Gobert on Zoo and then Carl anthony Towns on Terrence Mann. They stayed very consistent with these lineups to start possessions. Yes, they would switch one through four in a lot of possessions. Actually, no, mainly one through three. I thought that they were very smart about the fact that they didn't let Towns switch too much. And there was one time where Towns was guarding Harden on the perimeter and Harden did get by him. There's another time where he pulled back for a three. So you could see, even though I thought that Carl anthony Towns' effort on defense was really, really good and a lot better than... You know, when I've watched him play this season, his effort on defense has been really solid. I don't know if that's just playing with Escargo Gobert making him look good, or he's really just stepped up because everybody else on the team is good at guarding for the most part. Like The one thing I think, as all basketball fans, maybe not Minnesota Timberwolves fans, that we underestimated last year, and I'm not saying they would have beat Denver at all, but Jaden McDaniels breaking his hand was a big deal. He's one of the best defenders in the NBA, but... How the fuck is he allowed to just grab people's arms and there's no call? This was the most loosely called game I have seen in a very long time. It was so much physicality, so many times where I thought there was going to be a foul and there wasn't on both sides. But then it became ridiculous. First of all, Rudy Gobert on rebounds grabs a lot. okay, And then secondly, Jaden McDaniels... He was literally tangling with James Harden's arm clear as day. And every ref and every person in the building is just staring at this. And I don't even fault James for that at that point. What was that all about? They didn't call anything. Like, I don't get how Jaden... And then on Terrence Mann's turnover in the third quarter, that was very momentum changing, by the way. He tried to do it behind the back and he grabbed his arm. That's the only reason he lost the ball. That was so ridiculous. And that resulted in a dunk and he's screaming, Hey, get the fuck out of here, man. That was a foul. But anyway... Don't think I'm trying to blame this game on officiating because just, just because Jaden McDaniels gets a favorable whistle or maybe got one tonight defensively doesn't take away from how good of a defender he is. And the Clippers, I couldn't even figure out who was guarding who. We were having Zoo guard McDaniels on possessions, Towns, Gobert, and we were switching so much. And I think the Minnesota Timberwolves, and I know this for a fact now if you're watching them play twice against us, they can afford to switch more than we can and we're the team that's more switch happy you know they really weren't switching go bear into towns onto other guys like that if you really pay attention of course sometimes it's going to happen you know cross matched in transition or a late switch when they're in drop initially and then they the guard pulls it back out and they just stay attached But for the most part, they were not letting Carl Anthony Towns and Gobert guard these other players one on one. They kept Gobert around the rim. And let me just say this I fucking hate Rudy Escar Gobert. I slander him all the time. And I have said this season that having those point of attack defenders that he never had in Utah is going to make this team fantastic defensively. But man, he is great at what he does. I'm not going to lie. He had some incredible blocks. I'm going to check how many he had in the game right now, but he was really affecting everything. And he kind of took Russell Westbrook out of the game because they totally disrespected him. He wasn't making his threes. And then when he comes to the rim, Escargo Bear is sitting down there. So he had four blocks, but I can guarantee you it felt like he had six or seven. So he's definitely one of the best rim protectors of all time. I'm not going to go as far as to say he's one of the best defenders of all time, regardless of the award he's going to win this season. I'm sorry. I have my reasons for that, reasons in which we can talk about on another show. But let's just talk about how he's one of the best defenders of this generation. You can feel it in this game. I mean, he was really just smothering everything. And in the pick and roll, you know, I talked about it on Locked On Clippers, but the key to beating us is holding two of the three of Kawhi, Harden, and Paul to a bad game. And the way you do that is you have good one-on-one defenders, but you also have a great drop big that can potentially switch out and not get completely abused in the pick and roll in any moment. And Jared Allen and... and What's his name that we played tonight? Escargobert, Gobert and Anthony Davis, they all caused us this problem. And James Harden he wasn't really getting that many advantages. I think he actually played pretty well in this game, but you you see his flaws that he just can't help. He's he can't get all these advantages against really good defensive teams. You know, he's just he's 34 years old. He's got a lot of mileage, he's got a lot of injuries. He's not in, you know, he's not the most in the he's a little chubby, you know what I mean? Like he's still great, but we knew this coming in and even though he looked a little bit quicker in some regular season games in december this is this is the highest level this is what i was talking about before we got him so that's one thing and then to make matters worse you have paul george who played like a moron at certain in certain stretches of the stretches of this game i'm going to get into more specifics there but for the most part we were you know had Gobert and drop and towns He was hedging and recovering when Gobert was in the game because he knew he could come out, put some pressure on the pass, take away that pull-up, and Gobert has the backside completely on lockdown. So that was interesting. And because he was guarding Terrence, we tried to put Terrence in the pick and roll, but I don't think Terrence was popping out hard enough. And I really hope that he is not going back to being scared like he was because coming into this game, he was shooting 48% from three in the new year. 48% from three in the new year. So he needs to continue to pop and continue to ask for the ball and look to attack in those short roll situations. And I thought he was a little bit, you know, not clapping for the ball, not being aggressive looking for that in the first half. But, you know, throughout the game, to be honest, Carl anthony Towns, man, did he get off to a good start. So, again, moral of the story, I couldn't tell you who was guarding who, except for the fact that Terrence was guarding Ant for the most part, in the first quarter. Everybody else was switching constantly, even with Gobert involved. You would think that we just keep Zoo on Gobert because we're really thin in the front court, but because Gobert has shown a propensity to be an absolute bitch in terms of taking advantage of size in the past, we are confident doing these kind of things. Like when we used to switch Reggie Jackson onto him and he wouldn't do anything. But in this game, I got to give credit to two people that I think changed the whole game, and it was because they... Stop being bitches. And when I say that, I mean as it relative to an NBA player. Carl Anthony Towns and Gobert, they took advantage of our, of our lack of size. Towns was looking like Kentucky Towns. He was mixing in the three ball with nice post moves and nice footwork, taking advantage of size. When he plays like that, Minnesota becomes an entirely different threat. And you know what? Maybe that's what he's been doing this whole season. And I just don't watch every game. Because if that's the case, then Minnesota is going to be dangerous. And that we should take them very seriously because when Towns is playing like that, he's a star. But I think Towns can average 25 points a night, even with Edwards on his team. Like, seriously. I think he's a very underrated passer, too. But I think he lets the defense off the hook a lot because he literally could have a very good matchup every single time down the floor. Because he's playing at the four. And Gobert, when he's being aggressive on the offensive glass... It's tough. We just don't have that. Like, even Paul George switched on to him at times. He's getting completely dominated. Kawhi Leonard got low-key posterized. That may have been a travel, though. I think he lifted his pivot and switched it. But it was a nice dunk, I will say. But the moral of the story is that he was taking advantage of mismatches on the glass. And he even had a nice Euro step, too. And then Carl Anthony Towns, as I said, he was hitting the floater. He was scoring over the top. Terrence Mann was getting abused by him at times. And the refs are letting him play. So the size won. And you know what? Ideally, that's what old school basketball fans try to say. Like, but the thing is, Towns is a spacing threat. That's a thing. But there are bigs of the past. Like, for example, let's take a big like Kevin Garnett, for example. Funny, because we're talking about the Wolves. Kevin Garnett was a great shooter from 18, 20 feet. If he was playing in this era, they would have asked him to shoot threes, and I think he would have had no problems with it. Now, all of a sudden... He's playing at the four. And now it's a very modern look. But he's still a beast that can post you up. And that's the kind of thing that people were scared of back in the day going this small. is like, oh, my God, are you going to get dominated on the inside? And when a f- And the reason why teams do it, like the real secret why teams get away with it for the most part is because dudes don't post up like that. They don't take advantage of size. They don't have that in their game but you want to have a guy that can shoot a little bit too at the four nowadays for spacing. So now it's become a tough combination. It'd be interesting to see if there was just two bigs that couldn't really shoot. But here's the thing. Back in the day, power forwards, they may not have been shooting threes, but there were mo- a lot of the great ones, even the role players, are still shooting mid-ranges. So that still spaces the floor to a degree. But anyway, Carl Anthony Towns was dominant. I'm not going to lie. His stat line may have not looked dominant, but he pretty much was. Yeah, I mean, 24 points on 8-for-12 shooting. And listen, 1-for-5 from 3. So he was 7-for-7 from 2. And 7-for-8 from the line. Man, it's crazy that we shot more free throws than them because it felt like they were getting really good calls in the second half. But I think they're just better defensively. I don't know what else to tell you. 23-for-26 from the line for the Clips. 18-for-19 from the line for the Wolves. And they shot 32% from 3 and so did we. That's the funniest thing. They were 11 for 34, we were 9 for 28, but they were 54% from the field and we were 40.5% from the field. You want me to tell you the biggest difference? Points in the paint. 64 to 42, essentially the difference in the game. They got us by 22 in that department and they won by 21. So, very tough, very tough. Now, as I said, the refs were letting them play. And I thought in the first quarter, Terrence had some good point-of-attack defense. And Paul George as well. And you can see that with the score in the first quarter. 28-24, to 24, Minnesota was up. We weren't bad defensively in the first quarter, in my opinion. thought T did a pretty decent job on the Ant-Man. And Kawhi had a good ending to the quarter with multiple dunks. That left-handed slam, as you know he loves to do. He likes to dunk with his left hand. Then he had another one. But in the second quarter... Things started going a little eh before we made a nice run to end it when Towns was in at the 5 he was in drop coverage but you know what I thought was interesting they had Towns on the floor with Nas Reed and Nas Reed was their backup 5 before they got Gobert so now you've got a guy that can stretch the floor and he's not bad around the basket at all and what I thought was interesting was James Harden in this game I thought his off ball defense was pretty good he got into the passing lanes had active hands but on the ball he couldn't guard on the perimeter. And Nas Reed, there was one time where he even faced him up and just drove by. And it's like, that's what I mean by James Harden's natural you know, flaws right now is that he's not as quick as he once was. And he's never been a good, you know, he's never been great laterally defensively. I think he's been a little, you know, he's, people have been a little hard on him in that regard. I think he's not a terrible one-on-one defender at all. He's obviously a very good post defender and has great hands. But facing up. I don't know. He, laterally, especially now, he ain't good. Like, let me just put it that we know this. Like, you know, I'm not. I'm not. I, I, I don't know why I'm trying to be so politically correct here. We know this. Look how nice I'm being to Plumber Jim. Seriously, guys, you Harden stands. You should be very thankful. But anyway, in this game, Paul George started going dumbass ball majorly. By the way, they were starting to put bigs on Russ. And Russ got an and one going downhill against Nas Reed that quick. It looked like Kawhi was going to come set a screen, and then he went left to right, rejected it, and went all the way. But when Gobert was in, I really was just not having it. Well, basically, Russ going to the basket, and that's what he does because his jump shot is so not great. He goes to the basket, Gobert's down there. And we don't really have a spacing big. The only one we have is Tice. And then when we go small, we're getting crushed on the glass and we're not creating enough advantages one on one. But I'm going to get into that in a second. We'll get into the whole moral of the story thing very soon. But I'm just trying to go through the sequence of the game right now. James Harden. So right now, we had in the beginning, around this stretch of the second quarter, we had James Harden, Russ, and Paul George playing together. In the non-Kawhi minutes. And I didn't like the non-Kawhi minutes. I thought Mason Plumlee was being a bot. Just throwing the ball away. There was one time where he was like spaced out in the deep corner instead of the sh- like the dunker spot. And it just, I think he was maybe scared of Gobert. I don't even remember if Gobert was in. But it was so stupid. He was way too far out and basically n- neutralized an advantage that Russ had created. I was very disappointed. And obviously defensively he does absolutely nothing. So I didn't like Mason Plumlee's minutes at all. Let's see what he finished with he didn't even play in the second half. Mason Plumlee. Nine minutes, two points, three rebounds, two assists, two turnovers, one for one shooting. He actually had an even plus minus, but who cares? I didn't like the way he played. James Harden, in this stretch of the early second quarter, first half of it, he was struggling to create advantages a little bit in the pick and roll. Like They were doing a good job of staying attached to him. And then the bigs, you know, they take away a lot of those layup opportunities. He finally made a floater in this game, which was good to see because he's been struggling with that shot this season. But when it comes to Harden coming off those screens, when he gets into the mid range, he never has had like a stop on a dime mid range. Have you noticed he always comes to a full stop or does that step back and he pushes off a lot? But I like that he's taking that mid range that he didn't take in Houston because Mike D'Antoni and Maury and those whack boys over there. Don't like them. Don't like that style. Hate when you neglect the floor to the floor, especially the midi. MIDI wins chips, and James, I'll, and he can make it. That's the thing. And he actually made a couple in this game. I think he made two, but he doesn't really have like a stop on a dime. You know what I mean? He comes to a full stop, and they, they have good point of attack defenders. And as I said, they were being a lot more selective with their switching, and they have still switch a lot. Of, they can still switch a lot of guys. You know, guys like Nikhil Alexander Walker, Kyle Anderson. You know, Kyle Anderson, I heard he's been struggling, and he did shoot two for six in this game, but his overall impact was really good. Five points, two rebounds, six assists, two steals, no turnovers in 20 minutes, and he plays good D. Then Nas Reed, a lot of size. Nikhil Alexander-Walker, very good defender, 15 points. And not to mention, Jaden McDaniels was like creating off the bounce, like catching and attacking closeouts, stopping and popping in the middle of the floor for jump shots. Like or uh it was a, like in the mid-range area it, has he been doing that all year cuz like that's very impressive to me that he's doing all this this team is i've very much underestimated them man I, we got humbled tonight and i got humbled but with all the talk i've had about the wolves that that defense was tough. They get really physical, guard chest to chest. They don't bullshit switch like all these fucking teams do. They don't just switch for no reason. You have to set a real screen for them to switch. And I'm looking at Mason Plumlee and Daniel Tice. They don't really set good screens. And the guards, like for example, Terrence Mann, James Harden, Russell Westbrook. These guys, they've been setting. Yeah, notice. You're... Notice I said James Harden. Even Kawhi Leonard, Paul George. We use a lot of these guys in screens. But these soft screens, not going to work against them. You got to set a real screen and take the hit. If they're going to run through your chest, you got to take the hit. Said, they play physical. Like, they play physical. So, you got to match their physicality. And I don't even, I just don't know if we can. And here's another thing. Ty Lu goes smaller than ever against this team that's so big. And it didn't work. And I'll tell you what's going to hurt it. As much as I hate to say it. Russ. I think it's just a bad matchup for bro. I hate to say it, but I really think it is. I'm not saying he shouldn't play, but I think his minutes can't be too extensive against this team. But by the way, in that second quarter, Paul George, let's talk about him for a second. One of the lowest basketball IQs of any star, any Hall of Famer, because I hope he's going to be a Hall of Famer, and I think he will be. There's ever been. This guy... He makes things so hard. First time, for example, in this game. He has Carl Anthony Towns switched on to him. And he just takes 100 dribbles before deciding, hey, I can just go right around this guy. Gets fouled. Makes two free throws. You don't need 100 dribbles. It's like trying to look cute in front of the fans. Like, oh, making everybody go crazy. Come on, dude. You're so ridiculous. And then... It's just so ob- he takes contested threes. Like just just because you're catch the ball coming off a screen behind the arc doesn't mean you should just shoot the three. I get it. You're a great catch and shoot three guy, and you're you're, you're sometimes because of his size contests are not really contests. Not against the Timberwolves with Anthony Edwards and McDaniel's and and Cat and Gobert. Those contests are real. We got to take good shots and that's the moral of the story. We didn't even create many good shots in my opinion in the second half at all. And they're getting in the paint at will because of ant and the lack of size that we have. What are we supposed to do? Like I'll explore options, but like but all you that are going to blame Tyloo entirely. Like this this is a problem in the matchup against these guys. Seriously. I felt helpless. That's why I'm not even that mad. I'm like, "Oh my god. I'm so impressed." But Paul George makes things so hard. First of all, I keep getting off topic giving the Wolves all this praise before I I give them all of it. But Paul George, this guy, when he catches the ball inside the arc or at the elbow, it's very easy for him to score without expending too much energy and taking higher percentage shots. When he gets 15 feet and closer, he is so good. The problem is he either doesn't know it, doesn't think it, or doesn't convince Ty to go to it enough. I, that going to that means Ty to go to enough. That's a load of bullshit. A lot of times we just mismatch Hunt and he chooses to catch the ball at the three point line and do all this nonsense. There's no excuses for him. He needs to be better. I make I give him a lot of passes in the regular season because he was he's the guy that led us by the Curse Breaker game and he got that game five in Utah against Escar Gobert. But Paul George, I'm serious. Like, it's so obvious what needs to happen. It's so obvious he He just needs to be smarter. Go to the basket against these favorable matchups. If you're against a small, there was one time where he threw the ball out to Harden and then repost against, I I don't remember if it was against Nikhil Alexander-Walker the Ant-Man or Conley, but he threw it back out to Harden, got the ball in a repost, and just turned right over the top. It is so simple. Why should I be able to figure this out? There's no way they don't know. I don't question basketball strategy that much because I see what they have at their, at their disposal. But he is so ridiculous. What was that lob he tried to throw that he was laughing about? Was, I, like, I get it. It was funny and we didn't turn the ball over. What if we did? He's out here laughing. Bro, come on. This is the game for the number one seed. At some point, like I can't make excuses for him. Five for third. What was he in this game? Five for 16. Are you kidding me? Two for eight from three. 18, six and three and one steal. His defense wasn't that bad. But let me just say this. He, along with everyone, Terrence Mann did the best. Everyone looked helpless against the Ant-Man staying in front of him. And you know what? I've said that before on this show this season with the Lakers. He's got a crazy first step and he's built like a tank. So he can finish through contact. He honestly bailed us out a couple of times with those contested threes. Honest, he completely can let the defense off the hook a little. He used to more. Now he's starting to realize he was doing that. And I know they still convince him to take a certain level of threes, but he literally can get the step on his defender at all times. And it seems like he never gets tired. That guy's serious. And I love his approach to the game. And you can just tell he has what you can't teach that dog, that it factor, the confidence. He's always had it. Just like he said, he would bust – he would – he don't think MJ can guard him. He showed him respect. We said, I don't think I can guard him. He's not the only person to say that. But he should have that kind of confidence. And because he – here's the thing, though. A lot of people just say these kind of things. Like, Carl, I'm the best three-point shooting big man ever. Look, he shoots great from three. No, he said I'm the best shooting big man ever. He might be the best three-point shooting big man ever. But you are not a better shooter than Dirk Nowitzki. Are you fucking kidding me? His array of shots that he would hit, contested, off the – every shot you can name – He invented shots. That one legged fade is all dirk. So, no, he is the best shooting big man ever to me. But so Carl Anthony Towns, like that kind of shit, no. But when Ant Man's talking with that confidence, but he also shows it with his body language and his night to night output. You gotta take it for what it is. That's who he is. He's a beast. And in the third well, I haven't gone to that second quarter part. So Kawhi by the way, his help defense was amazing. Terrence had good defense in the first half and he had a nice ending to it with that layup he had and then the pass to Paul George in transition where he hit the 3. And then to end the quarter by the way, we went small with the big 4 plus Terrence and it was going okay then. Harden hit the 3 to uh off a steal that he got, almost turned the ball over, relocated for the 3 and hit it at the buzzer to give us a 50 to 40, I'm sorry, to 53 to 49 lead at the half. We went on a 20-6 to run to end the second quarter. So here we are going into the half feeling pretty good. Let me just read the first half stats just to see what it is compared to what it's going to look like at the end. So Kawhi shot 12 shots in the first half. He was 5 for 12, 11 points. Paul George had 9 points on 3 for 7. Harden, 14 points on 4 for 9. Hmm. Terrence Mann was 1 for 3. Zoo was 0 for 1. So nobody's shooting terribly, really. Obviously Zoo's 0 for 1, but we're shooting 43% as a team. And I do think we missed some shots that we normally make, mainly Kawhi. But for the most part, they were just locking us up. Gobert at the rim and their point of attack. And the fact that they're not letting us just get whatever matchup we want. I think we could have tried to attack, put the guards in the pick and roll more. But they threw some good doubles at Kawhi. And I, and you know what? I do think Kawhi was passing out of the double much better. His defense was really good too. I thought Kawhi was actually good in this game. But I have a real issue with the fact that he didn't play the fourth quarter at all. And it goes back to something I've been talking about since last year about Kawhi not playing the entire fourth quarter. And instead, Tyler plays in the entire third. I don't like that. I never have. But... Third quarter, this is when it all collapsed. They beat us 40-19 to 19 in the third quarter. And the fourth quarter, it didn't take much before Ty threw in the towel, waved the white flag. The third was just a combination of a lot of things we saw in that first half, but the Ant-Man just blowing by everybody he saw. Paul George was guarding him a lot in that third quarter for some reason instead of Terrence. And he got to the rim at will. There was one time where Terrence was guarding him in that quarter and he cut him off, then he spun, and he made this insane scoop layup off the glass. I mean, the guy is just a problem. And Zubats is clearly not 100%. Clearly. He's he's on a minutes restriction. Let's see how many minutes he played in this game. 23. So there you go. 6 points, 11 rebounds. Five of those were offensive rebounds. He was two for five from the field, though. And I'm not going to lie. He was just very quiet. And we did not get good production from our centers at all. And remember, we didn't have Zou in the last game against them. But I've come to the conclusion that, and it's not rocket science, we need Evichy Zubots playing at his best to be a championship team. We need him to be like what he was before the injury. And maybe the all-star break is going to do him well because... He can't just be like very quiet, non-existent and have us have a chance to beat these kind of teams. We're very small. We need all the size we can get. And, you know, Ty tried to go small to counter. But the problem is, and this is what started to go wrong in that third. Russell Westbrook. His jumper isn't good. Sometimes he hits threes, but it's not good. It's not as good as it once was. And so when he goes to the basket and Rudy Gobert's sitting down there, or you have Reed and Town sitting down there, it's not ideal. And then they allow him to shoot open threes, and like, let's see what he shot in this game. Three for 11 and one for five from three. So he didn't really listen. He didn't listen to the rule. He was one for two, missed the third. After when you're one for three, you quit it. Shot two more, fed into what the defense wanted. And in 29 minutes of play, he had 11 points, two rebounds, three assists, and two steals. Only one turnover, but the three for 11 from the field and one for five from three. Some of those missed layups feel like turnovers because the t- they just get out and run off of them. He missed the dunk. It was a really great blow by. I liked that he tried to dunk, but he missed. And we've seen him miss a couple of dunks the last couple of years. So I thought Russ was bad. And I think if we want to go small against these guys, we got to do it with all shooters. Everybody that can shoot. Because with Russ, it's just... It's not ideal. It doesn't really... It doesn't make Gobert pay. He's just going to play off the ball. The reason why Terrence... Nobody... Ex, so the whole exposed Gobert thing is a little much. Because what happened in Utah was... Yeah, maybe a couple times a game he overhelped. But for the most part, those guys couldn't stay in front of the ball. So Gobert had to come help. And you're going to give up an open three before you give up the layup. So... Now that he has guys that can actually stay in front of the ball, you're starting to see what kind of defensive juggernaut one of his teams can be when he's got that assistance. And it's tough. And the fact that Towns and him are just dominating offensively, same with Reed. He was just, like, there were certain guys who just can't switch on a Nas Reed. Norm Powell being one of them. James Harden being another one of them. Like, maybe even Terrence. These guys cannot guard him. They can't. They just had too much size for us. Skilled size that was scoring, and then Gobert was getting rebounds. And Kawhi, I mean, let's see what he he shot in the third. He shot in the third. Three for five, and he played the whole quarter. So (sighs) Kawhi Leonard didn't play a a second of the fourth. So through three quarters, his stat line was 18 points on eight for 17 shooting. Only one free throw, and he made it. He was one for three from deep. (sighs) There were times in the game where I was saying we should have just given the ball to Kawhi more. We should have really tried to look for Kawhi to put Conley in the pick-and-roll. That's really the only option. Try to put Conley in the action, make him hedge and recover. but Or make him switch. They, a lot of times they switched and then doubled. And I have to say, their closeouts and everything were so good. I got A lot of it's just me being impressed with Minnesota. Like We have to play our best to beat them. We need a healthy zoo. So that small ball in the third didn't work. I thought Harden did a good job driving and kicking though at moments in that quarter and attacking some of the bigs when he got a chance. But the refs were just letting Jaden McDaniels grab everyone's arm. That was really annoying. Paul George broke Anthony Edwards off the bounce by the way. He straight up s- snapped him off. And uh, we cut it down to six when he finished that layup with the left hand. I thought we were still in the game. And by the way, Paul George did break the record for most threes in Clipper history tonight. I would be more congratulatory but we got smoked, and he played like dog shit, in my opinion, offensively, so he gets nothing from me. Uh, but congrats, Paul. We'll celebrate that another day. Russ was guarding at the f- – first. So we went small when Zoo came out. Russ was guarding fives. Look, man, it can work in spurts, but we're just relying on this kind, these kind of things so much. Not against a team like this. I'm sorry. It's just not going to work. It's just not. We're too skinny. We might have to play – I dare I say – I'm serious, just against this team, PJ Tucker at the five. If our fives, if our fives can't shoot already with Westbrook, but see then you have an issue. Westbrook and PJ Tucker. So this that's what I'm saying. This matchup is a problem. Gonna have to limit Russ. Maybe even give Bones Highland a run. I don't know. Seriously. You can't if you want to play small, you cannot do a Russ with this with against this team. I'm sorry. You got to go with Kawhi, Paul, Harden, and then Terrence Amir. They tried putting in Tice. We tried putting in Tice. And I've been calling for Tice over Plumlee, but man, it made no difference. They just got whatever they wanted. They really did. This Against this team, we might even have to try Tice and Zu at the same time. Like, we have to try something. Because that wasn't working. The small ball is cooked against these guys, unless we're playing without Russ. And uh, Kawhi not playing in the fourth at all because we couldn't guard anybody when he went out of the game. And of course, we are not... You know, Zou is not uh, playing at his full. Let's, let's see how many minutes he got in the second half. If it's a Zubat, second half minutes, 10. So, yeah, this is not enough. This is not going to happen. We just couldn't stay in front of the ball, and we have no rim protection. And they have the ultimate rim protector, and they have great point of attack defense. I mean, what can I say? Reed was getting whatever he wants wanted. And then that bank three that Anthony Edwards hit that he intended to hit. I don't remember a time where I can remember an NBA player intentionally banking in a three in a game. That was nuts. That was a big flex, I'm not going to lie. He banked in a three like that and called it and tried to do it again. Players should be a little embarrassed. It's not an effort thing, but like, man, are we really that much worse than them? Or is the matchup really that bad? Because Jesus, they just 40 to 19 in the quarter. Let's read the like field goal percentage for us in that quarter. 35%. 35%. By the way, we couldn't guard without fouling in that quarter. They shot 13 free throws and they made all of them. We only shot three. So we couldn't get to the rim. And when we did... They had to go down there. Look, Zhu only played four minutes in the third. And there's no wonder why we were struggling. We put Tyson with two thirty-eight left in the quarter, and it was no still no good. He was a minus nine in two minutes and thirty-eight seconds, Daniel Tyson. Not even saying that was anything he did particularly bad, but like it was it was bad. It was seriously awful. Kawhi played the whole quarter and he had seven points on five shots. Russ was one for five in the quarter. Just completely bailing out the defense. He was a minus 14. It was it was really tough to see him in that, in that half. And that was it. We got smoked. And the white flag was waved in the fourth quarter. Let's see exactly what mark. But, man, I got to sing the praises for the Wolves. I really do. At the 456 mark of the fourth, we were down by... 24 points, 109-85. to 85. And Westbrook, Harden, and Paul George came out. And I think that Ty didn't put Kawhi back in because he wanted to see if the team could make a run and not you know, play Kawhi at all, just rest him if they didn't. And, well, they didn't make a run. We were down by 19 going into the quarter, and it just nothing happened. Norman Powell, notice I didn't even mention him. He was really quiet. He had that thing. They not, had the stitches because of the nasty hit he took against the Pistons. But he didn't look right. He didn't look right. And he took that tape off, whatever it was, that bandage at halftime, but to no avail. He didn't really play that well. He was quiet, played 17 minutes, had six points on two-for-seven shooting. And look, I was just on Lockdown Clippers talking about his defense hasn't really been bad this season at all. I haven't even noticed him getting abused. Tonight he got abused. When he was guarding guys like Cat, Ant, Reed, struggling majorly. So now let's just get into it, right? This is a terrible matchup, guys. They play really good defense. Kawhi, can he get the better of Jaden McDaniels? Can he drop 30 against him? We need to play Kawhi. We need to, so we've decided which nine guys we're going to play, right? Now, matchup, depending wise in the playoffs, that might change. But there's nine guys that are going to play probably every single night for the rest of the season in the playoffs. And that's going to be the starting five plus Amir, Norman, Russ, and then one of Plumlee or Tice. Now, against these guys, we're going to have to use both. I wouldn't play them both at the same time, but Tice with Zoo, I would consider. Now, as far as small ball, I already said my piece on that. Can't play with Russ small ball against the Wolves. Just can't. I don't trust Russ's three ball at all. And I don't trust Russ scoring on Gobert, as sad as that sounds. I don't. I think he'll make up enough ground to block him or something. And he's just, I think he could get by him, but I think that Russ 100 miles per hour layup with Gobert in his rear view is just not ideal, to be honest. We saw him a couple times tonight and he missed. So, and then Harden, like, I just don't know if he'll create advantages like that against this team. Then Paul George is a bot. He'll have some great games, but... Can we stop the Ant-Man? I love Terrence Mann, but he's not the best point-of-attack defender on a championship team. And if you're asking Kawhi to do it, which he didn't do tonight, because I didn't even notice Kawhi on the ball at all defensively tonight, but that's because they're smart and they're not going to go at him. Teams don't go at him. It's tough. This team is a problem. Anthony Edwards is a problem. Like, even Kyle Anderson and Nikhil Alexander-Walker, they come in and play great defense. It's tough. Wolves win at 121-100. to 100 The Clippers are 35 and 17 on the season now, 20 and 6 at home. I have missed eight games, and we are 7 and 1 in the games that I have missed. So that makes us 13 and 5 when I attend. The Wolves are 37 and 16 now, and that was so tough because we would have had this sole possession of the number one seed. And now we have a game against a really hot Warriors team right now who's playing some really good ball. Clay Thompson finally understanding the sacrifice that he needs to make. And we're going to be playing over there. Last game before the All Star break. So, not a great ending here to the, you know, pre All Star break run. But yeah, we got outscored in the fourth, 32 28. Let's read the lines now for the Wolves, who shot 54% in the game. Monty Morris. First time for me seeing him in a Wolves uniform. Five points on two for five shooting and one for four from three. Nikhil Alexander-Walker had 15 points off the bench on six for nine shooting and three for three from deep. Jesus. Nas Reed, 11 points and seven boards off the bench. Five for nine from the field and one for two from three. He was a real problem making some tough shots with both hands around the basket. He's got a great handle and moves so well at his size. Kyle Anderson. Kyle Anderson already mentioned him, five points, two boards, six dimes, two steals in 20 minutes on two for six shooting and one for one from three. And that three was in the right corner, and it was a real backbreaker. Then their starters, all of, all of whom played over 24 minutes. Mike Conley was on the quieter side, but I thought his defense on Harden was good. Five points, four boards, seven assists, two steals, and only one turnover on two for five shooting and one for three from deep. One thing about Conley, as much as I hate him, he is always going to increase the basketball IQ of his teams every single time. Carl Anthony Towns played 27 minutes and he had 24 points, four boards, three assists, one block, just one turnover on eight for 12 shooting, one for five from three, seven for eight from the line. So Cat was excellent, especially him being aggressive. Same as Paul George. I think he has really bad. He has made some terrible decisions in the past, settling and bailing guys out. With bad jump shots and trying to foul bait and bitch. But he was aggressive in this game. Gobert. 17 points, 10 rebounds, 4 blocks, 2 turnovers on 6 for 10 shooting. And he made all his free throws. Remember last time our team clowned him for airballing those free throws. He made all of them in this game. He was good. He was good. And then McDaniels was excellent. 11 points, 1 steal, 1 block. On 5 for 8 shooting, 1 for 4 from 3. And what scares me is... They didn't make threes. So I think we were very naive about the matchups, Though switching. We have to be much more selective. Hedge, recover, and make them move the ball. But see, that's the thing. That's why I, I can't say I'm too mad at Ty because you typically as a coach, unless there's a guy you want to target to shoot, which for them would probably be somebody like Kyle Anderson, which you try to do look for. But like Jaden McDaniels, for example, I don't know if he's the kind of guy we can just leave open like that or just bait them to send the ball over to him. He's shooting 37% from three this season. So, like, I don't think that's – yeah, all of those guys can really shoot. So, for me, it might be a better option hedging and recovering on some of these to prevent the switch than letting Crying Anthony Towns go one-on-one against these favorable guys or switching these guys on a Gobert. If I'm being real, I think only Kawhi Leonard and Zoo and Mason Plumlee and Daniel Tice should be switched on a Gobert at any point. I'm over the, like, Russ, Paul George is guarding him. If he's going to rebound like that, nah, I'm not down. And then Carl Anthony Towns, it should really only be Paul, Kawhi, and then a big. No Terrence, no Amir. I'm tired of it. Like, it's just we have to be more disciplined with that stuff. And typically, as a coach, you want the team to play one-on-one basketball. You want them to not move the ball. But at this point, we'd rather just put the defense in rotation and use our quickness to close out and try to make them make secondary and third decisions. So... That's my, that would be my adjustment. But I'm not saying that Tyloo made a mistake this game by not doing these things. You, this, is, this is why the regular season exists. Like, you see these kind of things. And they have a lot of tape. But, man, this team is tough. Let's read the lines with the Clippers. Oh, the Ant-Man. Sorry, Ant-Man. 23 points, 7 boards, 8 assists. He's really improving as a passer. I'm very impressed. One steal, only one turnover on 8 for 18 shooting. Here's my top, talk about my bailout. Oh, my God, Ant-Man. 1 for 11 from 3. 1 for 11 from 3. 6 for 6 from the line. He shot 7 for 7 from 2. Like, I rest my case. Bro, the answer's there, Ant-Man. The answer is there. Let's see, what is he shooting from 3 this season to warrant these kind of shots? He better be shooting over 35%. 39. Okay, that's pretty damn good. But still, go to the rim. What's he shooting around the rim? Like, I can fa- figure that out, but I don't have time for all that. Let's read the Clippers lines. Ugh, Daniel Tice. Five minutes, a donut, and he was a minus 10 with a block and a turnover. No shot attempts. That was a desperation move by Ty. Plumley. nine minutes, two points, three rebounds, two assists, two turnovers, one for one. He wasn't good either. Norm, I already mentioned him. He was a minus 22. Just the worst of any player. I'm not saying he was, I mean, he wasn't great, to be honest. Six points, two for seven, one for two from three. And that hurt, not having a good Norman Powell, but... He's clearly didn't look 100%. That Maybe that thing was bothering him. Russ, already mentioned his stat line. 11 points, 2 boards, 3 assists, 2 steals. 1 turnover. 3 for 11, 1 for 5 from 3. 4 for 5 from the line. you will take that. The Brewmaster. He actually wasn't not as bad as the other guys. 10 points, 1 rebound, 2 assists. He can't guard Ant-Man, though. 4 for 5 from the field, 1 for 1 from 3, and made his free throw. Only free throw he took. Then the starters, all of whom played 23 minutes or more. Zoo, 6 points, 11 boards, 2 assists, and a block. 2 turnovers on 2-for-5 shooting, 2-for-2 from the line. He didn't look 100% still. He's being restricted with the minutes limit, or he's being limited with the minutes restriction. We definitely need a good Zoo to beat this team. Terrence Mann, very quiet. 25 minutes i think he's got to be more aggressive calling for the ball when he's rolling and he's got to set better screens against this kind of team but i thought his defense was good i just think he can't he shouldn't be switched on to towns and gobert anymore two points two because if it's it's really all about gobert and towns being aggressive to be honest two points two rebounds one assist one steal and a turnover that only bucket was that layup i talked about towards the end of the second quarter Um, but it didn't feel like he got that many open shots I think there were times where now the teammates, when he's not calling for the ball and doesn't roll or pop with conviction, then I don't think that they're inclined to pass it to him as much, especially Harden and Russ. Or Harden and Kawhi, I should say. Terrence, yeah, one for three. No three-point attempts. No free-throw attempts. And by the way, he's shooting 48% from three in the new year. Harden, 17 points, two rebounds, six assists, one steal, one block. No turnovers. 5 for 13 from the field, 3 for 8 from 3, 4 for 5 from the line. So he didn't shoot well. But he he was okay, in my opinion. He was okay, honestly. I don't think his effort was bad. I think he just can't guard some of these guys. But offensively, he was better than other guys on the team. But I'm just afraid he won't be able to create as many advantages against a team like this that can guard like that. Then there's Paul George, who was not good. 18 points, 6 rebounds, 3 assists, 1 steal. Played pretty solid defense in the first half. Second half, couldn't guard Ant-Man to save his life. Five for 16 from the field, two for eight from three, and was getting abused down low when he had to guard bigger guys. And then Kawhi didn't play the fourth, but was actually very good in this game. But we need him to be able to play the fourth so he can, you know, try to be the best player on the court. Because Ant-Man, he was going to play the whole fourth. He really was. Like, ugh. Let me see. Edwards, Edwards, Edwards. Maybe he came in. Yeah, Edwards. Oh, never mind then. He came in the last six minutes. So I'm wrong on that. I still think I'd rather have Kawhi play the final fourth, the, the whole fourth quarter than the whole third quarter. Just my preference. But anyway. 18 points, six boards, three assists, and a steal on five for 16 shooting, two for eight from three, and six for six from the line. Tough loss. Tough loss. We're 35 and 17 now. The Good thing is the Nuggets lost to the Bucks. But right now we're in third place. And we're still only one game back in the loss column to the Wolves. We still have been one of the hottest teams in the NBA. Do we let me see how many do we have any more matchups with the Wolves this season? Because that. Have we lost the season series? If one of my mods can figure that out, that would be very nice. But I'm not looking at the comments right now, so it really doesn't matter. But let me take a look at the Timberwolves' schedule and see if I can see the Clippers on there again. Okay, they play the Clippers on March 3rd. And they come back on March 12th. So, okay, there you go. There you have it. We're playing them twice. So we still can tie the season series. So it's not even the end of the world there. So, okay. And plus, we only got two more games against the Wolves. It doesn't mean we can't get the number one seed just because we struggle with them matchup-wise. And to be honest, I would like home court advantage. So it's not the end of the world, but the Wolves, they might be a problem for us. And those next two games will be very interesting to see how we adjust. By the way, so I was going to talk about the Lakers and the Nuggets game. And I have notes written for all that. But we've already gone, I've already gone 52 minutes talking about this game. And we haven't gotten to the comments yet. And there's 200-plus of them. So I'm just going to save my thoughts on the Lakers-Nuggets. For Basketball and Figueroa episode 17 with Edwin. That's going to be out on Wednesday. So we'll talk about the Pelicans game for the Lakers. And the Pistons game tomorrow. I'm also going to be on Locked on Lakers for Wednesday's episode. So if you want to check that out. um, Yeah. Sorry for my Laker fans that I haven't been doing content on you guys lately. I will be... Do it. I will be watching the Pelicans game. I watched the Nuggets game today. I'm going to watch the Pelicans game tomorrow and the Pistons game. So then I'll be very in depth with Edwin tomorrow. All right. So, Laker fans, I got you. Peace out, everybody. Now to the live subscribers waiting patiently in the chat. Super chats are turned on. Go to jump a dollar a dime. Peace and good night.